Raging Review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, babies, Cajun Nation. Hello once again and welcome to our Region Review postgame. Yes, you heard Coach Dez in the intro. That is totally correct and that stands true for tonight. Cajuns win, baby. Huge statement win over the South Alabama Jaguars. Cajuns victorious by the score of 33-20. to The Cajuns record improved to 5-3 and overall, 2-2 two and two in conference play, which now sets up for a really, really interesting matchup in Jonesboro, Arkansas next week against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Red Wolves also victorious over the ULM Warhawks in Monroe. Man, the Cajuns still control their own destiny. They stay in the hunt, but today was a must win. And not only did they win, they won in a very convincing fashion. I'm Jerry. I'm here with Nick. We'll take all of your calls. If you want to tune in to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and celebrate the victory with us, come on in and join the party because it is a party tonight. Cajuns, big W over the Jaguars. How you feeling, Nick? What's going on? I mean, I'm not as feeling as good as you, apparently, because I'm not out here screaming. But no, man, look, we said this: how big this game was, how important it was for us to get off to a good start. Um, we said the game would be one in the trenches. Absolutely happened tonight. We dominated on both sides of the ball. I'm sure there are some things we can talk about that we're not happy with. But all in all, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like you. I'm gonna party like it's, uh, like it's a cage and win tonight. This was a lot of fun. Look, it sets up nicely for us. We've got the bottom three teams in in our division that we've got to play. Again, none of those are a gimme. No, no conference game is a gimme at this point. But it sets up nicely for you right now. Troy is trailing Texas State ten to seven. We'll see how that plays out. But man, this was huge and and such a confidence boost for me as a fan watching this game because it's that that first half was exactly what we were looking for out of this team to put together a complete half at the beginning of the game, not at the end of the game. And we did that tonight, and that was refreshing. They they had a couple of defensive lapses in the second half, which is. A little bit understandable. You know South Alabama was going to come and and be desperate there. But four, was it four turnovers or five? I mean, I five. lost count. Unbelievable, five. man. And yeah. we'll talk about that later. We we said coming into the game, South Alabama had the advantage as far as turnovers. Man, we, we turned that around tonight. Let me tell you, we, we sure took it to them. Also, penalties. That's something else that I said. South Alabama is prone to penalties. And guess what they did tonight? They they had some very key and critical penalties that were called against them. So um, a lot of what we said we needed to do, we did. And uh, we came out with that dub. I was not feeling that great going into this game. I don't know if you could feel that on, on, the, on the pregame. We were talking about that uh, earlier this week. I wasn't feeling that great. But, man, they uh, they really they showed me they knew what a lot better than me. 
But I don't think anybody really felt that great going into this game because if you look at the last few weeks or really the whole season, we haven't played a full two halves of football. I've been saying it over and over again. If we just played four quarters of football in the way that I know we're capable of, it, it, it's going to happen. And, and that's what we did tonight. This was the first game, I think, and, and Northwestern State doesn't really count because, I mean, uh, and it's unfortunate what happened to them, but they weren't, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't a good team when we faced them that night. But, you know, this was the first game that we played four quarters of football. We played uh, great in all three phases. And we never let South Alabama get into a groove. Uh, just a few fun facts I wanted to list for you, and I listed them the other night. So in the last two games, South Alabama had outscored their opponents 110 to 10. We scored 17, and, and this is 10 points total for two, over two games. We scored 17 points in the first half. Another fun fact, in those last two games, South Alabama scored 31 points in the first half in each of those games. Today, we held them scoreless in the first half. South Alabama also was able to sort of get into a groove early in the third quarter and score 14 points back-to-back drives. What did we do? We outscored them 16 to 14 in the third quarter. South Alabama was 27 for 27 coming into this game in the red zone. They were number one in red zone offense. Their very first drive when they got into the red zone, no points. First red zone, uh, first red zone drive coming out scoreless. Those little factors right there, when, when that happens to a team, and if that would have happened to us where we had those type of stats, it's very hard to overcome that when you're used to things going your way. And we forced them to beat us at our game. And I think that was something that they really couldn't overcome. Look, I'll give you some stats right now. They out, they out Their total offense, they had 150 total yards more than we did on, on offense. But here's the difference. Every time they drove down the field, they turned the ball over or we forced a turnover. So all of that fluff, that sort of bend but don't break approach, when it was time for the defensive guys to step up, that's exactly what they did. And that's how you break a spirit is when, when, when just when you think you're getting close and you, and you force a turnover, or you force a big play, that's when the momentum shifts. And we've seen it, unfortunately, at our expense. We gave it to them and returned the favor to them today. And, you know, something else that we were talking about um, or, or that I mentioned last week or earlier this week was how good are we? This is going to show us how good we are. And, and it's going to be a good comparison to last season. And what I saw tonight was a team that if we would have come out of the gates in the second half and allowed them to, to come within a touchdown, because it was uh, 20 to 14 at one point that they came back, scored twice, 20 to 14. I don't know that last year's team would have would have won that game. I think we may have folded. And this year's team showed what we showed last week in the second half is that they're not going to give up, even though we we might have some blown coverage. Uh, again, I know Josh was pulling his hair out with that one touchdown pass where there was <laughs> nobody within 30 yards of, of the receiver. We did that a couple times tonight. Again, we got to clean that up, but tonight's not the night for that. But I think I think I just feel like last year's team might not have pulled out the win. I think they may have folded in the second half like we saw them do several times last year. So this is a different team. And I think this solidified for me that, yes, we are better. We are making progress. We have some hiccups along the way. We saw that last week. But big sample, we're on the right direction. Well, it makes sense. So, like, for example, when they scored a touchdown, what do we do? Jacob Cabote pulls off a 56-yard touchdown run. They get the ball back. They they move the ball down the field again. What do we do? We force a fumble off of Carter Bradley, and 
Kendra Gant just picks it up and takes it to the house for 50 plus yards. We, everything that they tried throwing at us, we had a response for it. And sometimes you can give some leverage. You can give some leeway. You can give some cushion to them as long as you have an answer at the end. Right. That to me, that's what we did today. We didn't necessarily, you know, produce a bunch of three and outs nonstop, just, you know, uh, uh, just, we didn't, we didn't, we gave them yardage and we gave them some cushion, but we answered every time. And, and to me, I'll take that all day. I don't care how many yards they get at the end of the day, they didn't get points. And I, I mean, I don't even know who you can name an MVP in this game because you look at how Zion played. He played really well. No turnovers to care of the ball, 145 yards, two touchdowns. You got Kabodi, who was just unbelievable, man. Kabodi just ran over people. He ran with a purpose. He ran like he was pissed off. Love seeing that. Then you got uh, Tyrone Lewis, two interceptions. You got Gant with a huge fumble recovery. McGriff, two fumble recoveries. I mean, it's just that who is who is the MVP for this game? I mean, you pass that game ball, you split it up and you give it out to a lot of people. Because let me tell you, the whole offensive line, the whole defensive line, those guys just outstanding play tonight. It was a team effort. And, and you know, speaking of stats, I'm going to go through a few stats right now. So the Cajuns um, had 348 total yards of offense. They had 145 yards passing, 203 yards rushing to South Alabama's 498 yards of total offense, 381 yards in the air, 117 yards on the ground. So the Cajuns did a good job pretty much holding South Alabama's uh, rushing attack pretty they, they did a good job holding up pretty level they averaged going into the uh to this to the game at they were averaging 176 yards so it was about 50 yards less so i thought they did a good job especially you know look ladanian webb he got his he got his carries he was 16 rushes 16 rushes 96 yards one touchdown but we didn't really let him break uh outside of that one touchdown run he didn't really break too many so we made him earn his yardage um zeon chris 13 uh, 13 completions 17 attempts uh 145 yards passing 200 two touchdowns no interceptions he carried the ball 10 times for 30 yards jake with shout out to big to big jake 23 carries 119 yards one touchdown including that 56 yard touchdown run that i mentioned and uh, it was good to see Draylon Washington back in the mix. 12 carries, 52 yards on the ground. And Zylan Perry had two carries for three yards. Uh, Peter LeBlanc, two receptions for 37 yards. Both receptions, key catches in the game. I believe they were both third down uh, receptions. And, you know, in the past, those are, those are some passes that he drops. And he made some really good catches that really extended drives and uh, kept things going. Uh, Terrence Carter, great day for him. Three receptions, 36 yards. Neil Johnson, two big catches, 17 yards, including that beautiful uh, touchdown pass. It was almost like a bullet he caught from uh, Zion. He threw it in between two defenders, and he was able to bring it in for a touchdown. And Jake Bernard, one catch for 33 yards, but it was that touchdown catch that he had uh, with that defender on his tail, and he was able to make a huge, huge catch in the end zone to really get the offense going. Uh, some stats on defense. Great game, great day for Cameron Whitfield. Three and a half sacks on Carter Bradley. It seemed like Carter Bradley uh, was not able to get uh, many good passes off. It looked like our, our pass rush was really on fire today. Jalen Clark, 10 total tackles, five of which is solo. Every time someone had the ball offensively for South Alabama, it seemed like he was always there. Pure ball hawk. And like you said, Tyrone Lewis, two interceptions. Once again, 
uh, drive stallers, uh, just to name a few. And of course, our boy McGriff, two fumble recoveries. And, um, you know, just like you said, man, there's so many players that stepped up today. And uh, to be honest with you, if I had a ch chance or a choice to give the game ball to, I think the whole team gets the game ball by the way they responded playing uh, a full game with a full effort against a really, really good South Alabama team and a must win because everybody answered the call today. Everybody played his part. And that includes the coaching staff. Great, great week of preparation. Uh, and, and so everybody, to me, everybody gets a game ball. Yeah, and I was going to say the coaching staff. Look, they, we came out and we brought pressure. Obviously, we saw something on tape uh, with Bradley uh, or or maybe their offensive line that we thought we could take advantage of, and we did, and we were very aggressive, and we didn't really let up. Now, I know we had some soft zone there, again, that was driving me nuts in the in the first first part of the second half, but all in all, man, we, we, didn't, we didn't let off the gas. Um, I thought the play calling offensively was much better this week than it was in the first half of the game last last week, and... We just we just seem more in sync. It it felt like we were discombobulated for a lot of the game last week, and and this week we it seemed like coming out of the gates we were uh, more in sync. We had better communication. Our play calling was a little was a little better, and the execution uh, was a lot better. And and I know when was it Neil Johnson that scored that touchdown? I know Josh was having having a celebration at his house, but, but Whitfield for, for, for man about town, Whitfield was his, his player of the game. So uh, like you said, I think you just hand that ball around by the way, before we, we keep going, want to remind everyone, if you're on YouTube, Facebook, be sure to comment. We love reading those on the air. If you're in the Twitter space, we also love hearing from you. So please request to speak. Uh, we do this for you guys. We certainly, I know Jerry could talk till he's blue in the face, but really we do this. <laughs> uh, we do this to bring all the Cajun fans together. So if you have something to say, we certainly have a lot to say when, when there's a loss. So when there's a win, let's celebrate a little bit. We'd love to hear the uh, happy comments from you guys. Also, I want to mention, too, a promo. Uh, John Aiken from the Crew Outlaw uh, reached out to me just now. Um, Crew Outlaw is offering a code scan. So on Twitter, it shows they have a tweet out. Uh, Crew Outlaw has a tweet out. Scan the code. Give $53 to Raging Cajuns football for the big win in Mobile. Spread the word. The team deserves the support. Crewoutlaw.com. Hashtag join the crew as little as $10 a month. So, again, if you scan a, a, a scan a code, uh, that Cruella offers, it will be for $53 to stand for the five and three record that the Cajuns have. And look, I'm going to ask you, Nick, I'm going to ask you straight up, man. Did you expect to be five and three uh, this time um, going into the season with everything on the line and, and with the, with a, with a good chance to still be in the race for the Western division? I thought we'd be six and two at this point. So we're, we're one game, uh, one loss from where I thought we would be. Uh, I certainly didn't expect to lose to ODU. Um, I thought at best we'd be seven and one <laughs> uh, because I thought we had a chance to beat Old Dominion and Texas State. Uh, and I still, uh, you know, I, I don't think I expected the the Georgia State debacle. So so I, I thought I thought, yeah, no, I thought we were one game. Uh, we'd be one game better than we are. But, hey, I'll, I'll take five and three again. It's not about your overall record at this point. It's about the West. And right now in the West, we're two and oh, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And, and also too, I, and look, I'll answer, I'll answer. Uh, I, I think I would have said five and three, six and two. I, I think we, where we are, where we need, where, where I expected us to be at the same time. I think today was a huge step forward in where we need to go as far as momentum in the way we've played, because I mentioned yesterday to somebody, if we can get a convincing win today or just find a way to win, I didn't care if we would have won on on Kenny's leg 
to to end the game on a on a last second field goal to just get a win in mobile to me would carry momentum into jonesboro next week which i expected to as well as southern miss when they come to town on november 9th to cajun field i don't want to sound arrogant when i say this but I feel like the schedule eases up in the next few weeks up until Troy, because I don't think Arkansas State or, or Southern Miss, they're not, I mean, you saw what happened with Southern Miss against South Alabama. So I think the challenge is still there, but I don't think these two teams on the schedule are as 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 scary to me as, as what we saw in South Alabama today. Now, look, I'm saying that as a fan. You know, if, if coaches, players, if you're listening, do not take Arkansas State lightly by any stretch. Okay. I'm just a fan. I just want to reiterate they're still they're still a challenging team. Arkansas State got a big win in Monroe today. And and look, it's hard to win in Jonesboro. We know that's hard to win in Jonesboro. We, we we've always struggled to win in Jonesboro. So but I think getting over that hump today and getting that momentum today with the win in Mobile, if we play like we did today, I mean, we should not have a problem coming out of Jonesboro with a W and look, by the way, we're five and three, you win next week, you're in a bowl game, you're bowl eligible. Last year, we had to win the sixth game on game 12, the last game of the year to even get in the bowl. You're ahead of schedule. So well, not necessarily ahead of schedule, but now you're, you're, you're at a point where not only are you bowl eligible, but now you can actually not worry about getting into a bowl game. Now you're playing for something more and that's winning the Western division. Yeah. I think the, I think the proper proper phrase for the rest of the season is cautiously optimistic because you know, regardless of how their seasons are going, Arkansas state Southern miss ULM are all coming to kick our ass and they're going to be prepared and ready to go. And you know, weird things happen in Jonesboro, uh, we're playing at Jonesboro, right? We're going to be at Arkansas State. You know, weird things always happen. There was a time where the home team never won in that series. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a challenge, but I'm feeling a lot better t- today about the rest of the schedule because of, the, like you said, the way that we performed. And also, too, I mean, there's a lot of games going on right now around the conference that are, I mean, that are, that are pretty significant. Arkansas State just beating ULM. Um, uh, uh I think you also have you also have uh, Texas State and Troy right now. I believe Texas State leads Troy ten to seven at halftime. You know, it's kind of a tough it's a tough situation with that one because my question is if how can I say this if Troy if Texas State wins Troy has two losses which t- which has them tied with us and Texas State I think is three and one or four and one in conference. Would you rather Troy win, give Texas State the second loss, and then we go to Troy and give them the second loss? Or would you rather Troy have two losses now with Texas State having only one loss? Um, I don't I, I mean, <laughs> at this point, does it matter? I just want to win out. Um, I guess Troy losing twice. Uh, I I would guess, but again, we just have to take care of business. At the end of the day, that's what we need to do. We gotta beat Troy, and then we gotta take business take care of business the rest of the way. So either way, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, and if you're wondering, so Texas State, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Again, they're up on Troy 10-7 at halftime. They actually go to they actually host Georgia Southern next week, and then they go to Coastal on November 11th, and they also head over to Arkansas State and they host South Alabama. So I see them, I could see them dropping one of those last four some kind of way. I don't know who it'll it'll be against. I don't see them winning out, even if they were to win tonight. My point is, Nick, we control our own destiny man we control our own destiny we control 
everything that's in front of us if we play smart, disciplined football. So, yeah, I, I like the direction we're going. Tonight was a huge step in what we're trying to accomplish. And now we just have to keep that same level of energy going into Jonesboro next week. And I think the rest will take care of itself. Josh, I think we got you now. Let's see if we can hear you, man. What's going on? I, you know, I have some good, some bad, but you know, when you have five takeaways, that's going to change any game. Honestly, you could be a bad team. You could be, uh, and, and I'm not saying that we were worse than ja the South Al Jags. Uh, but if you take the ball away five times, you're going to beat pretty much anybody you play. So, I mean, you got to, got to take your hat off to the defense. They made clutch plays on money downs. They made game-changing plays. It wasn't just the fact that they took the ball away. They actually did something with it when they took the ball away. The way that they did it was uh, super impactful. You know, you can have a few takeaways, and it could be in, you know, inconsequential situations, but uh, it was the opposite of that. It was in big-time moments when we took the ball away. Um Somebody mentioned, I think it was Jerry who mentioned that we never let South Al get into a rhythm. Actually, when we came out of the second half, they scored quickly twice and we looked helpless. And I, I, I firmly believe that if Kabodi doesn't break that 56-yarder right there, and look, some of that was just a little bit of good fortune because they had uh, a blitz on. They had a, a safety blitz on. And we just, I mean, we, we had the right play call on. We got around him. And Kabodi turned on the Jets. He's got deceptive speed, and he's hit home run after home run for this offense. So, I mean, he just chugs right along. We don't really talk a ton about Kabodi, but, you know, he should definitely get a lot of shine tonight. Um, and then turn around and Cam, Win uh, Cam uh, excuse me, uh, Whitfield gets that strip sack, and Kendra picks it up and takes it to the house. And you kind of felt like you could breathe a sigh of relief right there. Um, that was obviously, to me, that was the turning point of the game, but there were a few others early in the game. South Al dared Zeon to run the ball. They stacked the box. They had everybody up. And the fact that we were able to beat him over the top with that big shot to Dick, Jacob Bernard, Pete made up for the drops last week with some major catches right there around the same time. We loosened up their defense. And when we did that, the offensive line just went to work and absolutely dominated. I mean, we, we can talk a lot about, uh, you know, several different position groups. But the offensive line tonight, for me, um, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. South Al knew we were going to run the ball, and they had absolutely no shot. We just kept pounding with uh, – it's great to have Draylon Washington, which uh, – have him back healthy. He looks healthy. His vision is something we were missing. Um, but to not have to use Dion so much in a running game was helpful. You know, you had Kabodi, not only the 56-yard run, but he had major, a major impact on this game between the tackles. So we controlled the clock. Time of possession was like, I think it was like 1809 to nine and some change we, for South Al in the first half. We had the ball 34 minutes and 44 seconds. South Alabama had it 25 minutes and 16 seconds. So we had almost 10 minutes uh, longer in yeah. time of possession. And, and let and me, let me. And, and that's with them having the ball probably the majority of the fourth quarter. And you know what, Josh, let me comment on something real quick that you mentioned about the running game. You know, one thing I have to show respect to Coach Dez and his coaching staff was that even in spite of, of South Alabama basically bringing the front seven against our rushing attack, I fully well knowing that they were going to bring pressure like Georgia State did last week, he didn't give up giving the rock to Jacob Cabote. Because if you notice the first few drives, we got stuffed at the line, but they kept they they well, never they never they gave, stacked the box. 
but but like they they never gave in. They 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 kept running at him and running at him and running at him to the point where that second touchdown we kept we called it so many times that that front seven looked gashed. They looked worn out. Especially there was one play, third and ten. We have the ball I think on their thirty five. It's third and ten, and we line up in the shotgun and South Alabama is expecting to throw. What do we do? We run a stretch. We run an inside stretch to uh, to the far side on a run play. And what happens? Jacob Cabote gets like 12 yards. I mean, when you do stuff like that against a team that's still stacking the box, you know what that does mentally for for a defense? Basically like, hey, we're sending the house to you and we, we still can't stop you. That that to me, that that's guts, man. That takes a lot of guts to to call plays like that. And so, I, I look, I, I give my credit to Coach Dez and his staff and the fact that they didn't give in and they kept calling it and kept calling it. And look, there were some, there were some plays where our rushing attack didn't quite get the yardage we wanted, but then there were some that created opportunity where we broke a few. And so uh, I thought we did a good job wearing down their front seven to the point where towards the end of the game, it was pretty much null and void by then. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that 45 of those 60 minutes, our offensive line was just flat out better than their defensive line and, and really their front seven. Because we were getting down to the second level and knocking some people on their ass. Now, number 10, um, uh, Will Fawn, good player. Uh, he was a terror for South Al. He was in the backfield. He, he, I mean, look, he got off blocks. He did a lot of things well. He's a good player. And uh, he made some plays. But outside of that, it was few and far between. I, I just felt like we did what we wanted to do on offense for the most part. Outside of probably the first half of the first quarter, you know, it started out like, Kind of that unimaginative, if Zeon can't make something happen, we got nothing. And then, again, when we were able to hit those shots to the tight end, uh, of course the one to, to Bernard, uh, when we loosened up the field and they had to respect the passing game, our offense became a, a, a completely different issue that they had to deal with. So that's a huge, huge game-changing um, situation that unfolded there late in the first quarter. And then, obviously, the turnovers. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh I thought one thing I want to I bang on Lamar a lot, so I want to I want to give him some credit. When we did make the adjustment, was we started doing these? Uh, they did it pretty much for the entirety of the game, but I, it, it felt like when the defensive line stopped getting the pressure that we were used to in the first half, they started sending those delayed linebacker blitzes, and that uh, that caused havoc. I mean, Bradley, I think I think I've, I've if I have to go back and think about it again. Watching Bradley in the other games, they 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 don't really get the ball out of his hand quickly, and I think that they had just had their way with these defenses in the run game. They they didn't really have to feature him as much as they did tonight. Tonight he had to sit back there and try to make big plays down the field, especially because they were down early. Man, he holds on to the football, and we exploited it. We, we did a good job. So shout out to Lamar for that. When we came out in the second half. They kept catching us in those five and six cornerback sets, and they exploited it. They spread the field, and they had some holes in that defense, especially when we started playing back that damn soft zone that we do. Uh, but, man, uh, there's really there's really not much to critique tonight. There, we still hurt ourselves in a special teams game a couple different times. Now, I thought our kick coverage was much better tonight. Much better. I, I was going to say that. Much better yes. tonight. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. But – Look, dude, you can't miss an extra point. I understand that we got pushback. That's still – that's got to be automatic. I mean, come on. I, I didn't even like chasing the points in that situation. I would have just kicked the ball. But whatever. We're still poops kicking it, and we're still trying to get cute with directional kicks. Just kick the damn ball. Don't squib it. Don't, don't pooch it. Just kick it. 
just kick it. But tonight, so, it, but tonight you know, it worked. Overall, it worked tonight. Tonight it worked. It, it did. It did. But we're playing with fire. We're I know. With fire. We got to stop putting teams at the 40 damn yard line. It's got to stop. I know we won, and I'm not complaining. I'm very happy. Today was a great sports day. But the details matter. The damn details matter. If we if we think we're good enough, look, I'll be the one to say it. I, I, I don't – this to me was not a statement game, and this to me is I don't know how good we are still because you take take away the five takeaways. Give us two takeaways. That game is nip and tuck. Now, it's on the road. We had a lot going against us. I understand all that. But I'm not ready to say I can look ahead and say we can take a week off when we play ULM or when we play Arkansas State or any of that. I think we got to show 100%. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. But you can't think that. Either. Like, as a player, you can't let that into your mind. But I think you can. I wouldn't also say, well, I don't know how good we are because if we didn't have, you know, five turnovers, well, you know what? If my aunt had wheels, she'd be a car. You know, I mean, if if is a big question. So I'm not worried about the if we we forced those five turnovers. There, there's no question about it. We, they didn't just, you know, drop the ball. And we took advantage of it. Like you said, we 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 created the turnovers and we took advantage of it. So to me, it's not a matter of if we did it and we were successful at doing it. So that gives me confidence going into the next few weeks. I, I've always thought this defense could make big plays like that. To me, this is like. It was like three games all in one, and we put it all together. I'm, I'm thrilled about the aggressiveness and the effort, A-plus across the board. What I'm saying is turnovers are deceptive. It, it, it might – like it changes the way the stats are. It's, it changes the way your outlook is on a team. It, I'm looking at the X's and the O's. How did we line up? How, how detailed were we on execution of plays? How detailed were we uh, with our responsibilities? There's still a lot of stuff we can do much better on the field. 100%. And tonight is not the night to highlight that. But but what I'm saying is is I'm trying to get the five turnovers out of my mind and just go back to their guy against our guy. Did we win one-on-one? And we did a lot tonight. However, I still got to see more. I got to see us line up and play against a Troy maybe for me to say, okay, I think I know what we have here. So a better way to say it is we got a lot in front of us. I'm still excited about trying to win the West. Obviously, like Jerry mentioned, we have an opportunity to do that. Everything's in front of us, to quote Des from last week, <laughs> the cliche that I hate the most. But, um, but look, you got to be excited about this game. You got to feel good about it. It was fun to, to be a Cajuns fan tonight, and I enjoyed watching the game. There was only a little bit of worry right there in the beginning of the, fe- the second half. Outside of that, man, I had a great time. Oh, hey, last thing, last thing. That CDS was sneaking in oh, with dude. 14. Oh, and easily. I mean, they just walked down the field. Last thing I'm going to say about Kabodi. Again, we don't talk enough about Kabodi. Kabodi was seeking out people to hurt. He, he, he was trying to hit linebackers. He was looking for violence. I, I tweeted that out. That is new for him. He's got this new gear about him where he's looking to punch you in the mouth. I, I, we played with a little bit of extra intent today. I don't know what it was, you know, going on the road. Maybe they were mad about last week. I don't know. But we had something extra today, and I hope it carries over to the rest of the, the schedule. I agree 100%. Thanks, Josh. As always, it is good hearing from you, my friend. Of course. Oh, and shout out T. Lou with those two big picks at the end. I saw him pop in. All right, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Josh. Is T. Lou, is T. Lou in the space? I think he is still in the space. Yeah, he's there. He's there oh, giving us some love, man. What a dude. T. Lou was a dude on the field tonight. Two picks, 
See, it's it's interceptions and those two those those type of picks and those type of plays which stall drives. T. Lou killed their look. T. Lou killed their spare. He comes straight to Razor Review to, to hear us talk about it. That's what I'm talking about. Look, the basketball team came came on Rage and Review right. after winning the conference. <laughs> Man, we're just getting all kind of love from our players. Look, hey, hey. tonight, I'm not, statement game, no, because they did what we expected them to do. We know how good this team can be. We know the talent on this team. It was just a matter of, like we've we've preached of putting it all together uh, for more than one one half of football. And tonight they did that. Look, like you said, CDS crept up on crept up on me in the first uh, part of the third quarter. But I don't know if I was concerned about us not winning that game. Cause I felt at that point, our defense, our offensive line was just doing work, man. And our defense yeah. was, was doing their thing. And there was some blown coverage. It's not like, it's not like they just made some outstanding grabs. I mean, there was just some, it was some mistakes on our end and we cleaned that up. So I don't know if I was that concerned about it, but I kind of got butterflies for a little bit. I, I look, man, I know y'all saying it's not a statement game. I think it is because to be honest with you, if you look at the statistics, if you look at the, all these, all these uh, media people predicting the games and look, I kept receipts by the way. So tomorrow I'll be looking for a tweet on, uh, on Twitter from the razor review account. I think it's a statement game because of the fact that everything was against us stat wise. Everything was against us with the, with the media talking, everything was against us in the narrative. Everything was against and us after what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so point dogs, really? how, how is that not a statement when you go to their house, a team that has outscored their last two opponents by a combined score of one ten to 10, a team that went to Oklahoma state and held them to seven points, which is almost impossible to do. And you go to their place and you beat them by 13, which, technically should have been by 19, but we gave up that touchdown with like 10 seconds to go. I mean, you almost beat them by 20 points. I don't know how that's not a statement game to me. Now, granted, did if a statement game requires you to play a perfect game, then yes, I see where you're coming from. But with everything against you, all of the, the yeah, 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 yeah by the media before and how we're going to lose and all this foolishness and you go over there and you dominate, how was that? How, how was tonight not a statement game? I mean, I'll take it. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> I'll take it. But look, we got to follow that up. And I know our guys are, are going to be prepared because there's a lot of history with Arkansas State. Again, there was a time back in the day where neither team ever won the home game. So, I mean, that obviously bodes well for us going to Jonesboro, but it's never easy to win in Jonesboro. They always play. I mean, I remember as a freshman and that was way back in the day going to, to a homecoming game where Arcan we were playing Arkansas State and that was a dogfight. So, it's it's not going to be easy, uh, like you said. Every every game in this conference is a dogfight, and that's why this conference is so fun. Because every week, you know, you got to bring your best, or you're gonna get you're gonna get stomped. Look, two years ago, we go to Jonesboro, and I mean, we finished the season thirteen and one. We're sixteenth in the country. We were Sunbelt Conference champions. We win the New Orleans Bowl. We lose our head coach to Florida. We go over there, and we only win by one point because our running back ran a 99-yard touchdown run, and that team finished 2-10. and 2-10. and 10. So it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It Every game in this conference counts, and it counts to where you have to bring your A game to have a chance to come out with a win. So, look, next week, on paper, do I think we should win? Hell yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean we're going to win if we don't bring the 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 level of of intensity and the level of energy that we need because they're a good football team. They are. They're, they're still, you know, 
Coach Butch Jones and his his staff are still. It seems like they're still trying to find their identity, but they're one of those teams. If you lollygag and goof around, you're going to come out of there with an L. So, gotta play, gotta play. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of 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 this conference, I know we we talked about how strong it is from top to bottom. James Madison not making any friends this week, man, uh, with their with their comments on social media. You know, I mean, I kind of I talked about it earlier in the week. You I'm so sick of hearing. So sick of hearing about James Madison whining and complaining that they can't play blah, blah, blah in that postseason. And then <laughs> then some guy comes out and says, you know what? If we're not allowed to play in the conference championship game, that we need a boycott. <laughs> that didn't go over well with our with our fans and with their fans. So that that's uh just something to mention today. I wanna, they didn't make any I make I want to make a point real quick. So I had asked you earlier what would be more beneficial, Troy or Texas State winning. I think Troy winning would be more beneficial. And, and some people, some of our fans had commented about that because Texas State losing today, they have two, that means they're, they have two losses. They're tied with us. And actually, we own the tiebreaker. So we would pretty much be in second place behind Troy. And if we beat Troy and win out, we automatically win the West. So... I would rather Troy win this game. We beat them and then win out. Whereas, because if, if, if things end up the way they do and Texas state loses today, but wins out and we went out, we still won the tiebreaker over them. So I'm, I've changed my mind. I think Troy winning would be more important uh, in this game to beat Texas state. I can't if do that Cajun math. That, that's that's <laughs> too confusing for my, my head. Just tell me, just tell me where the champions at the end of the season just went out and you don't have to worry about any of this. Well, no, 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 you might though, because if, if Texas State wins today and wins out, they would technically win the West because they only have one. Oh, West. well, yeah. So shoot. So you want Troy to win. So well, go okay. Trojans only for tonight, only for yeah. tonight. They're winning. They're up on, on, uh, I think they're, they're winning by uh four right now. They just oh, good. They took the score off, uh, off of my screen. So I, th- I thought it was 14, 13 just now. Was it? Yeah. It's 14, 13. Oh, I 14, 13. You see, uh, the whiskey's getting to me, man. <laughs> I'm doing the Buffalo trace tonight, by the way, I'm doing hey, a little celebration, Jack and Coke, but yeah, celebration sip, my man, celebration <laughs> sip. So I, I got to ask you, Nick, when, what to me, what was your play of the game? What was the play to you that said, all right, we're, we're here. I think it was, I think it was Kabodi breaking that. I mean, not saying that we're here, but I think for the game, if that's what you're alluding to, like what what in the game told me, all right, we're good, was that Kabodi run. Like like Josh was saying, I mean, we go down and and let them score twice and it's 20 to 14 and you're kind of shaking your boots in a little bit and he was like, nah, not going to happen tonight. I think that was it for me. That that to me was when I kind of took my shoes off, threw, threw my feet on, on the recliner and said, we're good. And, and and not worried about it. So to me, that was a that was a big play of the game. That was the one that sealed it for me and said there ain't no way they're coming back. I have to say Kendra Gant scoop and score because that to me, they had just gone two straight drives with a touchdown. And it was to the point where even if they would have done it again it was almost to the point where we would have had to keep producing offensive drives and keep producing offensive scores. I think once Kendra was able to pick up the ball and take it to the house, to me, I think that shut the door of that opportunity for South Alabama's offense. I think South Alabama's offense pretty much took the night off after that. I think the, I think the, 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 the gravy train just stopped. So 
to me, that was a turning point. And I think that was pretty much the final curtain, the final nail in the coffin. Even though it was still in the third quarter, you 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 go up 19, whether you're at home or not, you can't come back from that. Yeah, I, I mean, but again, you could point to so many points in this game where we did things that we haven't been doing on a regular basis. We've shown flashes, but uh, tonight... You could point to so many different plays that made a difference in this game. And and look, South Alabama's not a bad team. They're a good team. And that's what makes it even more impressive. Like, you didn't go to a jabroni's house and pull this off. You went to a contender for the title and pulled it off. And and so, again, last year we lost the game. I think if the same, if, if we're playing like we did last year, we lose the game again. But the guys just showed up. They put it all together. They, like Josh said, they came out with something to prove. Uh, Our defense last week was was throwing some big hits in that second half. They continued to do that during this game. And it looks like it kind of rubbed off on some of our offensive players. And that was really good to see. Um, Jacob Bernard's catch, man, that that first catch that he made in, in, you know, um, he was being covered. And the coverage was great. But Jacob Bernard just made an unbelievable play. Uh, Last week, we didn't do that. So, again, they, they put it all together, and, and that's what we needed to see going into the last four games of the season. I love the fact that Zeon today, there were, some, there were some times where he was getting pressured, but he always kept his cool. And even on a few key third downs where he had taken maybe a sack early on or had to throw the ball away, he was still poised enough to step into the pocket and make some of the throws that he made. Um and look, we we everybody, our whole fan base praises Zion on his on his ability, but at the same time, it's still hard as a freshman to make some of those throws. And the fact that he was able to do that more than once today and extend drives, some of which turned into scores, I was very impressed. You know, look, we all know Zion's talented, but for him to step in and make some of those throws under pressure like that in the pocket was was a huge step forward for him as well in, in his development because last week he didn't make many of those. I thought tonight he was able to make a few that really, really, to me, turned the game around a little bit where the offense was able to find that groove and keep drives going. So kudos to Zeon on a great game as well. Um, and again, you talked about Jake with Kabodi. I mean, he was he was on fire. It, it kind of reminded me of the, the Cajun teams from like 2018 to like 2020, where uh, every time a team would like sneak back, like, you know, uh, Elijah Mitchell or or uh, Raymond Calais or somebody would pull off some 80-yard touchdown run and shut him up. That's what it reminded me of because we haven't seen that in a while. Even in, in 2021 and last year, we haven't seen a running back break a huge run like that. And, and Jacobs made a few of them. He made one at UAB that kind of did the same thing as far as set the tone for the game. And the one he did tonight was was huge, especially with the fact that they blitzed. I believe they blitzed on that play. Uh, Zeon took a huge hit after he handed the ball off, which in turn actually was beneficial because it opened up, it parted the, the Red Sea, and then Jacob was able to take off 56 yards to the house. But that was nice to see. We, we're going to need more of those long runs. and that So now now Dre and Zylan have to step up to the challenge and make a 60-yard touchdown run. Jacob got his. Now it's the other guy's turn. I have no doubt they can do that, right? I mean, oh, they all got he didn't see I could do it. We, you know. Yeah. I feel like they can do it too. So no, um, look, I'm feeling good, feeling good tonight, feeling good for about the rest of the season. Just keep on working. 
one game at a time. So real quickly, Nick, let's talk a little bit about what's going on around the Sunbelt Conference. We talked a little bit about uh, some of the games being played right now, but I figured we could kind of touch base on what happened uh, the other night. I know the game wasn't quite over the other night between Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern getting the huge win over Georgia State in Statesboro. Uh, they defeated the Panthers. I guess maybe Georgia State had uh, they they were still burned out from from the uh, game we gave them. But uh, Georgia Southern victorious over the Panthers. Georgia State Panthers by the score of forty four to twenty seven. Arkansas State again went to Monroe, took care of business. They will return next week to host the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They beat the Warhawks by the score of thirty four to twenty four. Believe it or not. I actually watched a little bit of this game before we kicked off. App State and Southern Miss. Uh, last week, Southern Miss, uh, Will Hall, head coach Will Hall, had announced that he was giving up his his play calling duties to, I believe, his offensive line coach while he would just kind of focus on just being the head coach. And believe it or not, Southern Miss actually played pretty well. Uh, but App State came out. I believe they scored 21 points to close the game out. No, they scored. Yeah, they scored 20 points to close the game out in the fourth quarter to make a comeback win uh, app state victorious in Boone over the Southern Miss golden Eagles by the score of 48 to 38 that brings Southern Miss's record to one and seven. And that guarantees a losing season uh, for the golden Eagles. The Cajuns will meet up with the golden Eagles on November 9th at Cajun field. Other games in action right now. Well, actually this one just ended coastal Carolina, big win in Conway. The Chanticleer is getting a huge win over Marshall by the final score of 34 to 6. You know what's funny, Jerry? Wow. Is that before before this game, um, Marshall fans, they're they're they think a lot about themselves. I'm just gonna say that. And Marshall fans were on social media saying, I wish we could face McCall because, you know, I don't want this to be a win that they're going to question whether or not we won because McCall wasn't in the game. Well, I guess we're not talking about that now, are we, Jerry? <laughs> no, he was he, it, not only did he not play, I'm, I'm looking at their stats right now. And Coastal Carolina's quarterback, who was he? Who started today? Let's see. Jared Guest, 14. Yeah, 14 of 20, 289 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So it's safe to say that uh, no Grayson McCall, no problem. Uh, Coastal Carolina was able to take care of business. And they had uh, 430 yards of total offense, 282 yards passing, 148 yards rushing. And uh, yeah, it was again, 34 to six. I mean, quarterback or no quarterback, they got it done. You remember that picture that their athletic director posted of their, it's like, it's not a trophy case, but it's like a trophy stand. And it says latest Sunbelt championship. I guess that's going to stay empty for a little while longer because Marshall ain't doing it this year again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They started off great too. I want to say they started the season three and oh, or something like that. Got a huge win over Virginia tech. And then all of a sudden they just kind of fell into this slump. Uh, Rashawn Ali got hurt last week against JMU. They lose that game. They go to coastal and only score six points. I think this is the second week in a row. They haven't scored double digits, believe it or not. So there's a lot of uh, struggling going on down in Huntington that they're probably uh, Coach Huff and his staff are going to have to fix. So also, JMU taking on ODU right now. Uh, JMU uh, late in the second quarter uh, lead the Monarchs by the score of 14 to 10. 
And I think the, it's safe to say the game that every Cajun fan is keeping an eye on right now, Troy and Texas State down in San Marcos. Troy, Trojans lead the Texas State Bobcats. Close game by the score of 14-13. Uh, Texas State has the ball at their own 26-yard line with 5.07 left in the third quarter. So um, we're definitely going to keep a close eye on that again. If, uh, if Troy wins... They'll be the sole. They'll be in sole possession of first place, and that'll give Texas State two losses, which will automatically put the Cajuns in second place behind the Trojans. To where the Cajuns, if they have a chance to win out and beat, including beat Troy, uh, have a chance to win the Western Division. So again, uh, in this case, we will we're pulling for the Troy Trojans to pull this out in San Marcos. Um, but yeah, and, and also, of course, Louisiana victorious over South Alabama by the score of 33-20. to 20. Speaking of which, uh, Troy and South Alabama, they will actually face each other this, thurs- this coming Thursday night in Troy. So South Alabama will travel to Troy, and that will be a huge game in the West. Uh, and Texas State will host Georgia Southern. So that'll actually be a good game as well. So those are two games to keep an eye on uh, next week. Um, that'll determine uh, the standings in the West, dude. It's getting it's getting good, man. I I, I want to win the West, but also this is this is why it's so important to have the teams we have in this conference right now because every game matters. Every single one matters. You know, years ago when we started in this conference. I know there was a lot of talk. I remember it. It was all over. I think we were the Delphi forums at the time, but I remember, yes, I remember there was a lot of questioning. Well, we should just stay independent. Like we should be independent and, and just do our thing and we could put together a better schedule. And, uh, but, but the, the argument that made sense to me at the time that people didn't like to hear was I'd rather be a, a conference champion in a bad conference. That's just getting started than be independent and have nothing to play for, which is so true. And so you saw us progress. I mean, again, the first year of this conference, North Texas won the championship. I don't even think they had a winning record and they went to a bowl game with like a five and seven record. So it wasn't, it was not great. We, it was a rough start, but then you look again and and look, I know Benson wasn't the most popular guy in the world, but you have to give the man credit from coming from the WAC, which by the way, the WAC, you know, that disintegrated, but he came from the WAC. He had a vision for the conference. We went through some real struggles when Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, FAU, FIU, everyone left and, and the Sunbelt's looking like we're going to be the one to kind of fold. He, he had the vision to invite App State and Georgia Southern and some of these other schools. And then Keith Gill comes in and continues you know, the trend of, of, of inviting the right pieces of the puzzle to this conference. And, uh, I I don't want to be anywhere else. I mean, unless, like I've said before, unless the SEC is inviting us, there's no other conference that I think is one as competitive right now as this one is, as far as the G five conferences and uh, and two, the, the rivalries that are starting to really butt up. Look, Southern Miss, I'm telling you, that's going to end up. I know it's more of a rivalry on Southern Miss's part, but that's going to start cranking up a little bit. And then Georgia State, uh, they just pissed me off. So they're starting to be a little bit of a rival. So I think you're starting to see some of these rivalries develop. But like you said, every single game matters in this conference. Every single game that we play matters. There's no gimme. 
uh, even even with the 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 uh, the teams that are at the bottom of the schedule. It's not a gimme. I mean, they go out and they beat Power Five conference teams routinely. So it the look from top to bottom, strong conference, exciting rivalries developing, and just good football. It's not we're not trying to be an NFL flashy you know uh, type of conference. We just want good football with fans who love good football. And I think that's a winning recipe. It's a good point you made, Nick. And I just want to reiterate about the conference. In 2001, I'm just going to list the teams that were in it. So it's very similar to what Conference USA is going through to where they're just trying to find a bunch of teams just to make up a conference. Geographically, it made no sense. So I'm just going to list these teams. UL, ULM, Arkansas State, Idaho, North Texas, Middle Tennessee, New Mexico State. And then they ended up adding Troy a year or two later, and then Utah State. Who Utah Louisiana, State, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The cage, we never played them in football. We played no, them we, in the Big West. No, not I'm in the Sun Belt. Sure. We didn't. We, I thought we, we did. did not play them in the Sun Belt. We played them in the Big West back in like the '90s, late '80s, early '90s. But we never actually played them when they were in the Sun Belt. I think they were only in the Sun Belt for like they were kind of like a holdover for like a year or two as a travel partner to Idaho and um and, and New Mexico State. I believe they were a football only member. And uh, after that, I think they went to the WAC. And of course, now they're in the Mountain West. But if you look at some of these teams, you go from Utah to, to Monroe to Middle Tennessee to New Mexico to Troy to FAU to FIU, like just geographically, it was a mess. And, you know, it's funny how ironic that is because of the, the lack of, you know, geographical logic behind all of that. And today, really, when you think about it, geographically the Sun Belt's probably one of the most put together conferences in all of college sports from top to bottom one of the more stable I mean outside of the Mac the Mac is pretty stable I mean they've been same group of teams for however many years but as for stability uh, it doesn't get much much more stable than what we've got now now that could that could all change God knows what what conference realignment (laughs) will do again because it's all about the money and nobody cares about talent or whatever we're not going to get on down that path but look i i'm glad to be here i couldn't say i was glad to be here 10 15 years ago but there's no better place for us and uh yeah i i love it here coach des i think he said it uh in an interview last year when he he said when i was a player here uh, i remember administrators talking about ways to get out of the sun belt now it's crazy to see it because teams are trying to get in. Whenever conference realignment is happening, you're seeing teams from other conferences that you thought at one time you couldn't compete with now trying to join your conference and play you. And it's weird how that happens. And you brought up Southern Miss. I love the fact that Southern Miss is in our conference. I mean, we've always wanted sort of that natural rival. Now, granted, they're not in Louisiana. They're right next door in Mississippi. But what other school can you imagine having so many similarities in enrollment size and history and and just success in certain sports than Southern Miss? And, and at one time we wanted to kind of be like them back in the '90s in football. I remember telling Southern Miss fans, "You guys were the model program that we saw as uh, as sort of a beacon of success." And it's ironic now because there's some Southern Miss fans telling me, "Well, we kind of want to be like you guys." But at the same time, there's a there's a as much trash talk as we do with their fans, even when we play them. I think there's a mutual respect in that regard. And I, I say that about Marshall. I say that about JMU and I say that about ODU as well. So 
when you have that mutual respect with these schools, especially when they join the Sun Belt, it to me it just makes the conference better and it makes us better. It helps us recruit. It helps us. It helps people understand that you know our teams are so much alike and our programs are so much alike. And really, it motivates the other team and motivates the other the other members. So I'm with you, man. I, I look. Five years ago, I was dying to get out of the Sun Belt. I'm like, please put us in the American. Please send us somewhere else. Now, there's as far as a mid-major conference or a G5, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Look, Jerry, gotta before we go to you, Josh, got to send a shout-out to my boy, Cam. Cam Whitfield is in the space, uh, our, one of our MVPs for tonight's game. The man so just sacks. He just oh. sacks, 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 sacks. All he does, man. Cam, great All game. All he does is sack. We appreciate you being here. Josh, I know you're going to give Cam some love, so go ahead, man. Been banging the drum for this guy since probably spring. So I wanted to be the second. I wanted to be the first, but I'll be the second to congratulate the national defensive player with the national defensive player performance. Uh, that'll come out on Sunday or Monday or whenever they announce it because three and a half sacks and three strips, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. So shout out Cam Monster Game. Uh, also, we didn't talk about Antoine ba Bayless. Antoine Bayless had a fantastic football game tonight. He absolutely dominated the middle. Cam Narcis, um, I mean, I could go down the list and basically just name off the roster of guys that had great games. Um I, I jumped back in right before he got in, but I wanted to talk about – I commented earlier about how it seemed like they were going to take it easy on Zeon and, and maybe do that one read and tuck it thing, and then they switched back to, hey, let's let him sling it a little bit, and it paid off. Did y'all see that too? Was was you know was I seeing things? Uh, it kind of felt like they let, him, they let him sling it a little bit after the first quarter. Did y'all see that? 100%, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it felt – I don't know if we said it in our group chat, but no, it definitely felt like we were going down that same path that we started last week where it was just like, you know, no, no real check down. If you guys not open, run the ball. And and that's what it felt like. But it felt like probably what was it mid, maybe late first quarter, early second quarter. You kind of felt that that turnaround, you know, real quick. It, it's not like they waited a while. They uh they, that turned around real quick. So, no, I agree with you, Josh. I think I think Zeon. And, and it happened against Texas State, too, because he didn't do it often in the first half. But when Zeon starts finding seam routes and he, start, he starts hitting passes down the middle, that's when you know, okay, he's getting into a groove. Because he didn't do that much uh, last week. A lot of his stuff was to the boundary. A lot of it was to the flat. A lot of it was to the sideline. I noticed after about the third drive, he started throwing some seam routes, especially on third down. Made some key throws, especially that one to Pete that kept the drives going. That's when I knew I said, okay, he's, he's found his groove. He's stepping in his throws and making some good passes down, down the middle. You know what else I noticed, Jerry, his check down was open a lot of the time, but he went for the more contested catches because he started to trust the wide receivers more. And when he started to, when, when he had a little bit of confidence that they were gonna, weren't going to drop the ball, then you saw him not check down because like I said, his check down guy, five yards down was open like 90% of the time, but he wasn't taking the check down. He was hitting the receiver. And the receiver was making the catch. So it looked like the the more confidence was built from Zion when he realized that the receivers were going to make the catch. I thought that was a big difference in tonight's game. I agree. I agree. I agree 100 percent And I would say this also. The fact that he's able to dominate in the middle, seam to seam, is wild for a freshman quarterback. Because typically you'll see them, you know, work the flat, work the outside. Nah, man. They trust uh, apparently this game for sure. They they trusted him to try to exploit the middle. 
And that's typically like the last part that the freshman puts together. So uh, we already know the future is bright for Zeon, but it's just great to see them trust him. And I agree with Nick. The fact that guys were out there making plays with their hands, Pete especially, that probably gave him that extra level of confidence to just let it rip. Uh, also, I said Cam Narcisse a second ago. I meant Mason Narcisse. Defensive line, defense, every level of the defense just absolutely shines. Um, I mean, wow. What else can you say? It was fun to be a Cajuns fan. Last thing I'll say, and this is the last thing I'll say, Venables, uh, Brett Venables, RIP at Oklahoma. What an upset that was. Hate to see a Lafayette guy go down in flames like that, but, man, I love an upset. So, rock chalk. That was the first time in 18 first tries. Ranked, yeah, ranked over a ranked team, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Big win for the Jayhawks. Huge, huge win for the Jayhawks. Um, that was <laughs> oh, it was and, weird. And we had we had the perfect uniform tonight. The absolute most gorgeous thing these these eyes have ever laid on eyes on. And I'm so glad that we finally won with the script Cajun helmets. Yes. Broke the curse. Yes. From like Amen. Dude. Amen to that. And and that's the thing. It kills me that we haven't won as much. I think the last time we won in the script Cajun helmets was 2017, homecoming against New Mexico State. That was HUD's last year. But it kills me that we don't win in those helmets as often because I love those helmets. It's so nostalgic. And, and the script Cajuns logo, I've been screaming about it, about how we need to continue to use that as our secondary logo, like the block raging Cajuns, like the one you have behind, behind the, on the wall behind you, Nick. Um, I think that's, I love that. I just love that retro. I love the retro. So it was nice to get a win in those, in those helmets. And dude, the white, the white helmets, the white pants, white Jersey. First time we've ever worn that combo. They look sharp. They look sharp. Maybe a good luck charm in the future if we keep playing like that. Maybe that could be our our conference championship here. Uh, I'm in. I'm all about it. I'm all White about it. White face mask. White face mask made all the difference. There you go. There you go. Josh, got a question for you. All right. So you and I talked earlier this week, and we were very doubtful about this game. Uh, but what – okay, it's still early. We still got a week to go. Arkansas State just got a big win in Monroe. They won by 10. How do you feel about the game in Jonesboro after what you saw today? Terrified. I'm terrified. Listen, we got um, – this is not like a four- or five-year rivalry. Billy Napier's best team went up there and barely won. I mean, you're talking – I don't know what our record is in Arkansas uh, against Arkansas State when they're in Jonesboro, but it isn't good over the last 15 years. Oh no, no, I mean, Josh! It's probably it's actually, what it's actually, two and six. It's actually the opposite. I believe. I believe there was a period for several years where the home team never won. So I think we actually have better luck at Jonesboro. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe oh, that's the I'm case. I'm switching those. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I am switching those, but I mean, still, it's still a rivalry that goes back. Now, look, I know Butch Jones is not uh, Blake Anderson, and I know that program has changed a lot, and they're hemorrhaging players and. They got so much stuff going on, but they have jumped up and bitten people so far this year. Uh, and no, they didn't win games, but they gave scares. And uh, who did they beat the hell out of the other day? Was it App State or somebody like that? Well, yeah, but I, I, look, I just, all I know is I want to make Butch Jones cry like he did at Oklahoma. That's all I want to do. I want to make I wanna, I wanna Butch get him Jones fired. cry. I want to get him fired and make him cry. I want I want to get him fired. But uh, no, Jerry, I mean, look, dude, uh, it's like I said earlier. I, this team, and, and this is no shot at our team. Y'all just have to hear me out. We we are still we still are prone to mistakes. We're not there yet. We are not a well well oiled machine. We said in earlier post games 
we're still kind of having an eye on 2024 where we have a lot more, uh, you know, experience being, you know, being weathered, all this stuff. But there's not a game on the schedule where you can look at it and say every single matchup favors us, experience favors us, uh, you know, and, and we're not even talking about weather or, or standings in the in the west or the east or whatever. There's so many different things that go into each game psychologically. Uh, we, we're not talking about injuries. It, we still have so much so much of the season to go. Going to Arkansas State, it's a road game. It's a sucky trip. We won't make – many of our fans won't make that game. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Honestly, I don't know enough about Arkansas State to even have a good opinion about them. Um, I know this. Southern Miss looks like they got their shit together all of a sudden. And, of course, they're going to do it right before they play us. So do we feel great about a Thursday night game against USM? I don't. <laughs> I don't care how bad I don't care how bad they've looked this year. They still have Frank Gore on that team. So I got that, you know, we ULM beat us last year. And uh I I would think we could beat beat that team. I think we're better than them. I, I would certainly say our personnel is better than they are. You know what's crazy about ULM? So we've played ULM every year straight since 1997. And since that time, whenever we've beaten them at home, we have never beaten them by double digits at Cajun Field. There you go. Now, now, last year, you see, the Troy game is so weird. And I know we're looking ahead a little bit. Troy, the Troy game is so weird. They were they were miles better than us, I thought, last year. And we played out of our minds for three quarters. And we had the home field advantage, not really because 7,000 people showed up. But they were in Lafayette. So it was a road game. Uh, late in the season, all that stuff. I think we're much better this year, and I think that they are. They've taken a slight step back. That's the way I see it. Um, so, so this game, who? Knows? I mean, it's up in the air. The fact that we got to travel kind of sucks. Although we've been a pretty good road team. So, you know, I mean, some of Dez's best wins as a Cajun head football coach has been on the road. I, I would argue probably all of them. All of his best wins have been on the road. The, the the win at Marshall last year was probably one of the the biggest wins for him, as well as the win at Texas State, putting him putting him bowl eligible. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't necessarily worry about this group on the road. However, it's still a road game. It's you know things happen. It is what it is. And they're guarantee you if they keep winning and we keep winning, that place is going to be rocking. So that's another thing. Zion's played in what Minnesota. That's that was a raucous crowd. Has there been another? You know, so that's something that we got to we got to worry about, too. Speaking of which, Troy just scored a touchdown uh, to extend their lead against Texas State. As you were speaking, um, pending the extra point, they will be up 21 to 13. Uh, the fourth quarter just started, but that was a huge touchdown uh, pass. And uh, looks like uh, pending the PAT, they will be up by eight. But uh, they're about to attempt the PAT this Let's give a quick update after this this extra point. Let's see. All right. Yep. PAT good. So Troy in the fourth quarter, Troy leads Texas State by the score of twenty-one to thirteen with thirteen forty-eight left to play. Got to give a shout out to my boy Andy Caswell. He went out to um the mobile, still there, obviously, and uh, sent me a funny video. Um, oh, you got where, it too. Where he where he. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he he decided to take things into his own hands, literally, and nicely remove the South <laughs> Alabama poster from a bar uh, wall in a bar. So, uh, and he and he got some screen time as well. By he the did. way, 
By the way, I got to tell you guys that that uh, broadcast team, the color guy, was just amazing. Um, Holy <laughs> cow! That is, look, I know we talk a lot of stuff about announcers. That 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 takes the cake. It wasn't even close. So the guy couldn't say Louisiana without stuttering. First well, of all, well, because he and wanted to call us Lafayette. Because he was trying to call us oh, Lafayette. Wow. Yeah, that that's why. Because he wanted to call us Lafayette. But I found out that this week, Nick bullied him. Nick bullied him into saying it right. <laughs> so this week, the, the their color guy for for TV got fired, and so I guess they just called this old player and was like, "Hey, you want to do color?" He he showed up, but I mean, you can tell if you go back and watch the game at the very beginning, the guy introduces him and he goes to like give him a fist bump, and then he realizes that's not what he does on TV. So it was just a weird thing all around. <laughs> I I kind of feel like you said I bullied the guy. I actually tweeted out, "Hey, tell this dude it's Lafayette, not Lafayette." But and and then all of a sudden it stops. So maybe he got word of it. But I kind of feel bad for the guy now because I feel like after finding out he just got thrown in there with no experience. That that's kind of a crappy thing for for South Alabama to do to. Yeah, that is true. But it it really was terrible. In fact, it made the game kind of unwatchable. Oh, it, it was I, awful. You know, powered. And it's hard. If we would have lost, that would have been so much worse. And it's hard in, in Texas because not only am I streaming the game, but I would also have to stream the broadcast. And trying to time that up just right is almost impossible because the stream always has a little bit of a stutter and then it, it gets off. So then you have to pause something. And it it just like I'd love to hear Jay on the broadcast. I wish we could have some kind of deal on ESPN, you know, like some of the the bigger schools have where you can listen to an alternate broadcast of audio feeds. I wish we could do that because yeah. it's really hard to time it with, when you're streaming both. But man, that was uh, that was difficult. <laughs> yeah, I've given I've given up on the streaming uh, syncing thing. I've tried too many times, but uh, I really do have to go this time. Shout out to Andy. It's always good to get a video from the road. I love those because we can post them and make fun, and it's good for rivalries. Uh, he did his best Ryan Landry impression, going in there and ripping up their stuff and throwing it in their face. Looked like it was a, a nice ending, though. The guy walked up to him and shook his hand, so it didn't get out of hand. Uh, but Andy and that whole crew went out there. They probably had I don't know six, seven, uh, a faithful that you know, from the tailgate group. So shout out to them. Shout out to anybody who can make those road games. I know that's you know it's a long haul. And, uh, man, there were so many things going on in Lafayette. It was impossible to get out of town for me. Yeah, I, I saw my parents them. on. I thought it was weird. I, I, not weird. I thought it was pretty cool. I saw my parents on TV. They were there, too. Um, they're heading back to Lafayette in the next couple of days. But uh, they went, and, and there, were, there was some red. There was some red in the stands. Give a shout-out to uh, Cajun Nation for showing up to Mobile. Thought it was a uh, – I went in 2021. And, um, you know, look, I got to give it to South Alabama. They did a great job with that stadium. It holds around 25, 26,000, perfect size for what they're looking for, but it's on campus. And so instead of having to go all the way to Lad Peebles, uh, like on the other side of, of Mobile. Yeah, sketchy, sketchy. On the other <laughs> side of Mobile, they built a stadium on their campus. It's it's a great setting. I mean, it's beautiful out there. And um, I'm glad they did that because, you know, the turnout has been pretty, pretty good for them. And, um, you know, they have something close by and, and, and that's something that, I mean, that's, that's important. So uh job well done to South Alabama. They've always been great hosts and um, yeah. Shout out to the Cajun fans that, that made the, the trip and uh, help us bring home the victory. Jerry, we got somebody requesting to speak Landry. I've, uh, I've given you the floor. Go ahead and mute yourself. What's up, man. Hey, what's up guys. How y'all doing tonight? Doing well, man. Doing great, well. man. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm I'm Ryan Landry. Ryan. RC. Uh, yeah. What's up? 
What's up, Jerry? <laughs> good, good hearing from you, dude. I'm actually, I'm, I'm on the road right now, heading back from the stadium. I'm going to meet up with Andy, and we're going to tear some more shit up. I just want to let y'all know. So be on the lookout for some more videos. Hey, post as many videos as you like, man. Yes, please. <laughs> that, that's awesome. No, you guys, thank you for going out there and representing us. Um, unfortunately, some people live more than 10 hours away from Mobile. Uh, but but we appreciate you you guys being out there and, and holding down the fort for us. Absolutely, man. Yeah, but look, that, that stadium, that's the first time that I've been there. It's basically like if if we would have built a stadium right in the middle of like Gerard Park or something. It's 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 perfect. Now, if that crowd size would have been inside Cajun Field, it would have looked pathetic. But be, because they only hold twenty five thousand, you know, it looked pretty good. But overall, that that's pretty much what I think that our stadium should be. And uh, it, it was a good experience, man. Yeah, that's you know, awesome, man. I, I like how you brought up how it would be like in the middle of, of Gerard park, because ironically that's where McNasby stadium used to be. So um, I, I could, you know, it's interesting because I know we built a Cajun field out where it is. And it, what's funny is back in the day when they built Cajun field, that was considered the quote unquote outskirts of Lafayette. Ironically, that just goes to show you how much the city's grown, but I, I've kind of, I've kind of wondered about that. If, if we would build a stadium inside of campus today, maybe like 30,000 seats. What type of atmosphere would that be like on campus? I know it wouldn't fit, but like, Jerry, I still we think can't that'd be even, pretty cool. We can't even get people to show up because they're bitching about parking on, on like two feet from the stadium. Could you imagine <laughs> if we had a stadium on campus where there's already no parking? Nobody would show up. No, but, oh, but seriously. Hey, look, they're, hey they're, their sorority and fraternity houses are literally right across the street from the stadium. And you know what? There was no freaking UPs that were trying to shut down their bands and their DJs and stuff. Like they, they actually had a party out there. So you mean they know, let them be college students? Them. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, come on, come on. That can't happen. Yeah. Liability. <laughs> How dare they have something across the street from the, from the campus. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Liability. I'll be yeah. sure to tell that to whoever's going to play golf. Acacia feels parking lot tomorrow with the fence being wide open and, you know, seeing all the fun jumps and stuff, you know, Oh, liability. We're so scared of liability, but yet we have fun jumps in the parking lot. We have Mardi Gras parades that roll through with people dangling over floats. Dude, and, you know, when, I, when, yeah. I, when I was helping out with baseball camps, we had got, we would, we would go get some, we go in the dumpster for one, get some cardboard and have kids slide down the hill at the football stadium. And we're worried about liability now, all of a sudden. Nah, hey, hey by the way, Ryan, yeah. Andy said that he's got a cold beer waiting for you. So, uh, hey, hey, I'll, hey tell, tell him that I can't, I can't type and drive. But <laughs> I'll be there in about uh, 17 minutes. Well, you I, know what? I've, uh, have two of them. He hears you. He hears you right now. So he knows he knows your ETA, man. <laughs> all right, y'all. I'm gonna let y'all go. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Ryan, Ryan. All seriousness, man. Hey, thanks for repping. Thanks for repping the Cajuns in Mobile. And look, all of y'all, be safe, safe travels. Don't do anything crazy. Hey, Have man. a good time. Hey, all right. I, we we had we had a raucous crowd. Like there, it, it wasn't just like the normal little road crew. We had some like like some older uh, gentlemen. That was sitting above us. He was the life of the party. I wish I knew who he was because he kept that whole stadium laughing the whole night. He kept the energy up. Like I, I just, I wish that we had, you know, fifty thousand more of of 
that type of fan because the the players feed off of it. They love it. Like I couldn't tell you how many of them came up to us after the game and and said, "I appreciate y'all for coming." You know, like they they're just so thankful for that. So it it kind of it makes me upset whenever we only get you know however many thousand people at home games and you know they they see that stuff. So I hope that that our fans start to to realize that we really do have something special in Lafayette and we could we could really build something and and if not for you know for us for the kids because they they do appreciate it and that's why we try to do what we do and uh you know we, we just support whatever way we can and 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 we drink some cold beer and have a good time while we do it so look right go wrong with that I agree with you 100 percent let me tell you that's why I'm excited about the stadium Reno is because we're going to reduce the, the the capacity size. And when you look, look, when we're looking at Georgia Southern on a Tuesday night and they're absolutely packed, that's only like a 20,000 seat stadium. So you think that right. at, at homecoming, that had almost been a sellout at Georgia Southern and it looks great on TV. Yeah. So my hope is that even if we're get, still getting crowds of 17,000 in a stadium that would seat 24, 25, that's going to look a whole hell of a lot better than a stadium that seats 41. So that that's my hope. And I think right. that's the right thing to do. Look, soccer, MLS soccer stadiums are only 20, 25,000. And yeah, sometimes they true. fill them up, but they don't always fill them up. And even when they don't, it still looks packed because it's a smaller stadium. That's what we need. So. Couldn't agree more. Thanks again, Ryan. We appreciate the call, man. All right, man. Talk to y'all later. Shout out to Keith Andrews too. Keith was out there. He said they had incredibly loud piped in music. So. Well, that sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Look, man, I've heard that before. <laughs> but man, look, I, I get it. And, and they probably could turn the volume down because let me tell you, Audio Brian, there's an Audio Brian and a Video Brian. So I would sit by Audio Brian because he was in the press box right by me. It's really, really hard to to understand from high up there because when they put the decibel meter thing out on the on the the ledge, it sounds fine from where we are. But there are so many ways that, that that sound bounces around the stadium that depending on literally the seat that you're in can sound absolutely ridiculously loud. And then three rows down, they can't hear a thing. So it's really hard to, to gauge. Hopefully in the new stadium renovation, that can be addressed where they spread the, the, the volume around the stadium rather than just coming from one direction. But Look, let me tell you, I know people don't like the pipe to music. They do it at every single college stadium. There is not a single college stadium that doesn't have piped in music. The volume could probably be adjusted, but they all have the same complaints. They don't like the music. They don't like the rap. They don't like this. They don't like that. It's everywhere. It ain't just us. So, uh, but Keith, appreciate you being out there, man. Uh, great to, great to hear from uh, Cajuns fans who are going and represent us on the road. We need it. We need more of that. Need more of that. Also, quick score update. Uh, game of interest. Troy scored another touchdown to go up 28 to 13 over Texas State. The, they're in the fourth quarter right now uh, with 10-22 left in the entire game. And uh, Texas State will have the ball on their own 25-yard line. Again, I'm bringing this up because this is part of the race for the Sunbelt Western Division. If Texas State loses this game with their uh, with the record that they will have in conference, they will the Cajuns will overtake second place behind Troy. To where if the Cajuns win out, if things stay the same and the Cajuns win out, they will be 
Western Division champions. Now, granted, we still got four games left, but that's why this game is of utter importance for that uh, division race because Louisiana, a lot of implications ride on how the Cajuns can uh, can 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 fare uh, for that conference title. Um, also, too, want to give a shout out. So, um, I'm not sure if you heard, but uh, Dr. Brian Maggard and his wife, his lovely wife Carrie, were not in attendance today. Uh, the Maggards, uh, their daughter Aubrey, got married this weekend. Um, Did she not know that last week was the bye week, and that that's when she should have had the wedding? <laughs> I mean, what what, was she, what were they thinking? Oh uh, well, look, we want to give a shout out to, to Aubrey. Congratulations <laughs> on on your on your marriage, and wish you nothing but happiness. And uh, to Doctor Brian Maggard and and, and Miss Carrie, uh, you guys have safe travels coming home, and uh, we will see you uh, next week. Yeah, congratulations. That's very exciting. Jacob, I see you requested to speak, man. Uh, you want to talk football or you want to take talk basketball? <laughs> I'll talk I'll talk football tonight. Basketball's nice. coming up though. Exhibition on Monday. 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 Right? I, I'm excited. I, it's nice. It's nice to have success in multiple sports programs. Oh, absolutely. Let's put it like that. We got to defend our um, title. Yeah, dude, yeah. We've right? we've gone, we've gone, we've we've had we've had back to back uh finals appearances in our conference tournament and hopefully this year we can make a third and win it again that would be great there you go there um, you go but on football on football news uh congrats to dr maggard's daughter aubrey i'm i'm also at a wedding right now i don't i don't understand these fall weddings but i'm glad it fell on a ul away game agree but uh it might be good luck because i remember calling in or joining a space last year, I was at a wedding and uh, we also had a Cajun stub. So some good juju around weddings on can road you, games. Can you find a wedding to go to for the next like four weekends? <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. The Troy, the Troy game. I, I might have to crash one. <laughs> you know, okay. So Jacob, you know, what's funny about that? I have missed three UL home games since 1999. I've only missed three UL home games because of weddings in all three of those games, we won. So maybe you, it's good. It's maybe good, I need to go to a find a wedding too. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I, it's could, good juju. You're right. Together. You're right. We could crash one together, but I call being Vince Vaughn. You can be uh, Owen Wilson. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, shout out to our team. I mean, it was all. Uh, I mean, just whistle the whistle. Just an awesome game. You know, I'm. I mean, I like like other fans. You know, you we came into this game with like some doubt i mean we 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 really wanted that georgia state game to like be our marker for success you know on the season and our team really showed up i loved the the unis and the and the helmets today nice to get a win in the cajun script and like i say that we had a little doubt but at the end of the day we're cajuns fans like at like yeah we have cds that like lives in the back of our brains but oh it's real um, it's real it was yeah, it's real. And but it was awesome to just see our team go out there and like show them show show the nation like who we are. And uh it was it was great to see and I and I love it. You know, I'm I have a I have a friend who's like a hater. He's just he just lives to hate. Um he's like the the definition of a fair weathered fan. But in all honesty, like our coach, if you have any doubts about CMD like that dude is a top three coach in our conference. Like if you really think about it, like he's up there with Signetti and Summerall. Like I don't, there's no other coach in our conference who I'd say, oh yeah, like I'd, I'd love to have him 
rather than CMD. And like, obviously, I'd rather CMD than Signetti or Summerall because CMD was the quarterback when I started like really watching Cajun games because um, I'm sort of young. I'm only 26, but it was just an awesome win all around. Shout out to the whole team. It was, you know, that that South Alabama team averages 35 points a game and throwing out that garbage touchdown at the end of the game. We held them to 14. Zero in the first half, but 14 on the game. And that's yep. like, that's pretty outstanding. So I'm, I've always loved Lamar. I've always gave him praise. I think he's a great coach. Um, even in games that we've like kind of lacked in some defensive play calling, I think he's really shown that he can hold teams to low points scored. And he really proved that tonight. Like South Alabama did not look like themselves. And that was on coaching from our end and the uh, performance our players put on. So shout out to them. No, that's a good point. And like, like I mentioned earlier, Jacob, we kept them out of a groove. And and, and the, the dangerous – now, the other half of that is when, when they get into a groove, they're hard to stop. And we saw a little bit of that preview earlier in the third quarter. But the beauty of it, to your point, was that the coaches made adjustments. We made the key stops when we had to. And forcing turnovers and getting that scoop and score pretty much killed killed their spirit and locked the door on that opportunity. So no, that's that very true. Coach Lamar Morgan and, and his defensive staff deserve a ton of credit by the way they game plan for this offense. Yeah. We give them crap, <laughs> you know, when we feel like sure. it's deserved, we, we say what's on our mind and look, we, we don't go after players. So even, even if it's sometimes, uh, sometimes a lack of execution, we still blame the coaching staff because yeah. look, these, these are kids. These are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. So in the end, we feel like the coaches have to get them prepared, but I feel like they were prepared very well this week. And, and except for a couple of, of defensive lapses and real, real issues on the, on the first couple of drives by South Alabama in the, in the second half, I know Josh came on here and saying, he's still not confident. He did, He's not a believer. And it took Kabodi's run. I still feel like we were in a good position at that point. So it's okay. You can you can call Josh a hater. <laughs> I, I call him a hater to, to his face. It's okay. <laughs> I would I say hater. Sometimes he he's a realist and and look he he's got conviction and I, I believe look I totally get his point of view but I still think that tonight we were we were still ahead of where we were last week and that's all I think any of us are looking for is progression and and getting better week by week. So but by um, the way, Jake, did you like those uh script those white script cage and helmets with the white on white? I loved it. I lo what was your opinion, Jerry? Oh, I, I thought it was great. I, that was the first time we've ever worn the, that combo. Uh, I, I think I agree. I, you know, I, I really liked the the red the red face mask that we wore uh, homecoming last week. Um, but I thought these were cleaner. Whoever I mean, it was really nice. I I have I have a helmet in my office that I got at an one of those RCAF auctions. And it's a, it was like Levi Lewis's old helmet. Cause it's got like a 17 on the back. That's how I know. Nice. Um, and, but it's a red, it's a red hat with a, with the silver face mask. We like wore those for like one season only. I have those too. Yeah. And, I have or like one. maybe one game and it's just an awful combo. So I'm going to need to hit up like somebody in equipment and try to trade, trade. I mean, it'd be an unfair trade, but uh, I'd love to trade the, red hat silver face mask with the stacked cajuns with a all white cajun script i got a fun fact for you do you know why we wore those chrome uh those chrome face masks 
No, go ahead. I love fun facts, Jerry. Give it to me. All right, I got you one. So when Billy Napier arrived, uh, he wanted something gray like Alabama's helmets because Alabama has those gray face masks. And apparently, oh, I don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure if it was our equipment staff or whatever. Like we couldn't get those those solid gray face masks. So the closest we could get were the gray chromes. And so we just wore the gray chromes for like those two or three seasons that Billy was coach. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the kind I love having a Cajuns helmet in my in my workspace. It's a good flex. Yeah, same here. Um, but, same here. Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> but, but but I would love I would love to be able to trade mine for that all white Cajun script. I mean that would be that would be nice. But uh, yeah, great great stuff from the football team. Yes, Nick, basketball season's coming up. If you if you've heard me on the show before, I'm a huge I, basketball wait, guy. Wait, wait, extremely. Go ahead, keep going. I got I got biased. I got a comment. I got a comment on something. Go ahead. Okay, I'm extremely biased. Y'all already know that. I worked for the team, but um, I love basketball. I think college basketball is the best sport on earth. Um, and the Cajuns got a pretty athletic team this year. I think we're going to play fast, shoot a lot of threes. I think it's going to be fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to the season. All right, so I got to ask you. Now, this is more this is more or less feedback because I know you have your connections with the coaching staff, and you and Coach Marlin have a good relationship, and you keep in touch with the guys. So I saw um, – I saw that the women's basketball team uh, released their new jerseys. It's a red jersey with the script Cajuns across. And uh, I thought they looked pretty solid. You got to tell the coaching staff for the men's teams, we need another script Cajuns jersey to go for the men's do you, side. Do you, not like, do you not like the, the very authentic throwbacks that we're wearing this year? I do, but we've worn them before. Like, I feel like we no, can add no, okay, another okay, one okay, to we've the worn, We've worn a variation of it, but like having worked on the team when we wore the throwbacks, when the, when that happened, it was the year that we won the uh, the conference regular season. Sure. was when that happened. I remember but that. Yeah, the, the whites, jerseys, the, the, off, the off-brand whites, the off-whites, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were nice with the with – the, uh, I kind of call it carnival font, you know, like the old school raging Cajuns. Mid to um, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. 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 But the ones this year, um, shout out to the equipment. I'm, I'm pretty sure I want to give credit where credit's due, but it was the equipment staff. I think, um, possibly Ian Giot, they did a lot of research into like what the jerseys looked like back in the, back in the day. Like when we actually wore those, and the waistband is the like exact same. Like they they did a really good job designing these, and I love the throwbacks. I think I think it's a cool deal. Um, but I wouldn't. I you know what, Jerry? I wouldn't count anything out. I mean, do you remember? I mean, I worked on the team. I wasn't a fan of these. You remember that year we wore the short sleeve gray jerseys oh, with the red? Yeah, they were Cajun terrible. Logo? Never, never. Terrible. That Burn those. That, throw <laughs> them away. Throw them out to sea. I don't ever want to see those again. Yeah, no. Hey, don't even auction that, them. But, don't but, even auction hey, them. Don't even auction them. Just throw them away. Burn. Them. I don't think Bye. we did. Those those just disappeared. But Good. I will say, in those unis, Jonathan Stove hit that half court buzzer beater. He did. He. I remember that in one row. Game. He did. He did. To his credit, he did. Should have. Should have never been that close. Should have never been that close. But we did win in those jerseys. <laughs> that is a good point. But but what I'm saying is, look, baseball's getting the baseball, softball. Women's basketball, volleyball. I think I want to say okay. This is soccer. The, okay. Soccer I has know, it too. You're bringing up the other teams, and 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 you know the the football team. We wore the Cajuns across the chest for the throwbacks. 
Yeah. This was a yeah. criticism I heard from somebody else was, do you think we're uh, in some ways abandoning putting Louisiana across the chest when we put the no. strip cage? In? No, no, no. I think I think okay. we're thinking too deep into that. I think I think we're okay. secure enough I, I, in I, where I, we are in our I, branding. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think I've just, heard that. I've just heard that. No, 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 no. I think I think it's the opposite. I think we're secure with our branding and the fact that it's caught on nationally and that we're known as Louisiana. That now we have the opportunity to put Cajuns, Raging Cajuns throwback. Ten years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Today, it is. Right, right. Like I like I said last cool week deal. in the homecoming, uh, Jake. It's not like. ESPN and CBS and Fox Sports and all these national pundits are going to stop calling us Louisiana because we have Cajuns across our chest. Like that's not going to stop our brand right. from no, being yeah. what it is. So I, yeah. I'm and look, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of half joking when I say that, but I think a men's basketball jersey, whether it's red or or white, with a script Cajuns across, like the women's team has, I think that'd look great. I, I'd love that. Just as kind of like part of like an what's it called, like an alternate combo, an alternate kit. You know, I think that'd be awesome. Where yeah. every once in a while, yeah, Jerry and and Jacob, you can't see this because you're not watching. I've got this beautiful oh. game worn original Cajuns Russell jersey. I watched the hand. replay. I watched the replay. Okay, so I've <laughs> I've got the original Cajuns script with the star J number twenty white jersey. If somebody out there in Cajun land, hey hey, equipment managers, if you want that jersey, hook me up with the script Cajuns helmet, and we'll call it a deal. That's this, a trade. This That's a cannot, good trade. You cannot get that anywhere. You that is authentic. That. that is authentic game worn number twenty. Limited, limited edition. <laughs> they put the up. double limited on there. Double limited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I obviously, I mean, I don't have any say on any of that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count anything out to be honest. I mean, we got, we got good people who work in the in in our equipment department. Oh, they're I know fantastic. That, I know both of those guys. Yeah. yeah, I know both of the guys, the the director and associate, really well because when I was a freshman student, those two guys were a senior and a graduate assistant, and the, so they're like homegrown, you know. Dude, I remember it's a lot different than having an outsider come in and be our equipment manager. You know what I'm saying? I remember when Ian um, was a freshman. Okay, he had just enrolled because yeah. because I was an equipment manager uh, for a year for football in 07. Yeah. And uh, one of my buddies who was also a manager, he's a local high school coach now. He actually roomed with me for a little bit and Ian would come by as a freshman learning the ropes and to see him evolve right. into what he's done. He's he, he, he's one of those guys. He's kind of like with big, he followed the footsteps of Big Lynn. You know, Big Lynn was a it's, it's, manager. It's, it's hard to think about up. because, you know, from, be, you know, from your experience and me for mine like basketball is a little separate from football it kinda, sure it kind of all runs through the equipment room but it's it does, separate yeah. in their in their individual sports but it's it's kind of hard to conceptualize like wow ian ian is in the position of mr lynn yes and for me he it's is. hard to even conceptualize that in my head but he is and i think he, I, I mean he's doing a great job and ethan weibel is the associate director yep um yep He's one of my fraternity brothers, but he has experience with UL. He's homegrown. He worked with the Miami Dolphins, came back. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I mean, we've got some cool stuff coming out. I mean, we see what, what baseball's done. We had the script Cajuns for baseball this past season that were really nice. Um, I mean, we've got – it just seems like we've got nice stuff just consistently – being pumped out which is which is cool to see but i think i think that compared, just compared to the old days where it was like 
pretty basic. And then, I mean, I know, I, you know, one of the big things with, you know, you remember back in Hudspeth's days, and he used he used the same strategy at Austin P, like the number of uniform combinations. Yeah, you remember that? It got a little like, cheesy. Oh, we, we, it got cheesy. Yeah, we 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 have fifty six uniform combinations. Like, come play here. Well, yeah, we've got the combos, but every set, like whether it was the jersey or the pants, it was kind of basic looking. Um, and I like I like the traditional. Like I know you kind of ragged on Napier with the with the face mask color, and I agree with you on that. But I love like I wish that we wore the all reds at home with the double white stripe. And then on the road, we wore the white script Cajuns all white. Like, I think those two are clean. Um, yeah, I'm a, that's my, just my opinion. My personal my personal favorite is always going to be, and this is only because it's nostalgic and it's more sentimental for me growing up, coming to the games, is always going to be the red script Cajun helmets, the red jersey with the white with the white pants and the red stripes. That's just that it's more of the right. generic home uniform we used to wear in the nineties, but like I always, yeah. And, and for me, and for me combo. in like the mid, the mid two thousands, I remember the, the Finroy, like red on red, red on red, red helmet, yep. Yep. um, with the white, like the white kind of spear stripe down the side. Yep. You remember that? That's when we were students. Like, yeah. That's what I least, grew up with. Yep. Jer- Jerry Babb. <laughs> yep. Oh my yeah. Fav- my favorite UL quarterback. Although Zeon Chris is making a good argument. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, the old Jerry Bab early Desimo days, you know, the the white spear on the side. That's I don't I, think I guess that's and, the best way to describe it. And the, because of the type of material we had, or t- the type of jersey we had, we didn't have names on the back for a couple of years, if I recall. Yeah, no, and and then when we did get names, if you remember, they were like large. Yeah, yeah, they were. That was were the like year I was a student names. manager. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that because you were putting the letters on the back. I wasn't. I wasn't. But I remember it was a new uniform combo. There were new jerseys that we got. And you could definitely tell by the the number font and whatnot. Like you can tell by the size and stuff. And the following year, uh, the numbers were um, were so were sewed on. They weren't like the ones that were just kind of like you imprint them. And um, we played a lot better with them, too. So I'd like to I'd like to amend my statement. My favorite UL quarterback growing up was Brad McGuire, rest in peace. May you rest because, in peace, yep. Yeah, because I I would sit down on the railings as a kid. You remember the kids used to sit across the like railings at the bottom yeah. of like the season ticket holder side? Mm-hmm. And I used to just lock on to Brad McGuire calling in the plays, like the offensive plays, with like pistols and like <laughs> whatever he did hand motion wise. And I was like, we need to put this dude in the game. He knows what's going on. And from my memory, now I don't know if this is true, but from my memory, every time Brad took snaps, that dude was like balling, rolling out, runs, 30-yard runs, slinging it. He was like our Brett Favre type dude. But it was it was like the bias of like, oh, you always want to see the backup play. Like, oh, what can the backup do? Let's see what the backup can do. He was our Taysom Hill because he would play tight end. He, he was. Play fullback, he was on the punt he played quarterback. Too, remember? He played special teams. He did everything. Yeah. He did everything for yeah. us. He was I a loved, great guy I too. love this game. Number eight, rest in peace. He was an awesome guy too, and uh, we were we actually were in the same class together. So, all right, y'all take care. All right, Have Jake. Well, look, night. be safe. Be safe at your wedding. Don't do anything crazy. Have fun. No, no, no promises.
Look, never never put whiskey down the wrong pipe, man. I'm I was about you. to say, you okay? That's, that's, that's good advice. <coughs> yeah, that's that, good advice. that hurt me. Um, <laughs> no, just, uh, Jerry, just to continue on a little bit of the conversation, we're talking about Lynn. Look, it's so hard to appreciate truly what Lynn was able to accomplish with the limited resources that he had. I mean, you you heard Jacob talking about, you know, the, Ian's got this guy from the NFL as an associate and all this stuff. I mean, Lynn had blackjack and a bunch of students, you know? I, I mean, I, I one of my favorite things was watching blackjack riding his his uh, three-wheel bicycle down Reinhardt Drive and stopping and just talking and BSing for a while. But like to to understand like that Lynn came up with the script Cajuns because nobody else would like he that's the stuff he would do. He would take it upon himself to do these things without the resources, without a quarter of the resources that we have now. So that just really goes to show you how much he meant to the program and how much he did to the program uh, or gave to the program. His life was UL and it it's you know, he was he's gone too soon. But it's just it just speaks to his creativity, his talent, his eye for these things. And um, I, I'm sad that I don't have anything from Lynn because I never wanted to ask anyone for anything. But to this day, one of my big regrets is never asking Lynn for something, not because it's it's something from UL, but because it would have been something from Lynn. Right. So um, so the man was was a. Uh, an icon for, for the university. And he stood for what Cajuns are, you know, they're resourceful. They, they make do with, with what they have and they do the best with what they have. And it nine out of 10 times turns out better than stuff that, you know, 60 miles down the road they have because with all the money that they and the resources that they had. So just again, thinking about Lynn, thinking about what he gave to the program and everything that he did with his limited resources just goes to show you some of our favorite memories and things that the Cajuns wore are because of Lynn Williams with very, very limited resources years, years before. No, no doubt about it. And, and look, working with Lynn, um, I mean, he made us work and he, he had a high demand for his students, but if there's one thing that nobody can deny was he took care of us. I mean, he, we, he always had our backs. Uh, he was always fair and he always demanded the best. And, and to your point about not having the resources, to your point about being limited with whether it's certain, you know, equipment or whatever, he still won a national award, I think multiple times for manager of the year. And this is, I mean, amongst every major university out there, he was the one that got the award on a national stage. I mean, everybody knew who Big Lynn was, uh, not only because of the the type of worker he was, but the type of person he was. And, and you know, he always ran that equipment room uh, kind of in a family environment. Like you always saw his family there. I got to know his sisters. I got to know his brother. I got to know, I mean, I'm still, we're friends with his nephews. We're friends with, with, with his, uh, with, with all of his, his family members, because that was so important to him. And, and it, it showed through through the culture of that equipment room into the the Cajun culture and the athletic program as a whole. So, um, you know, Lynn may Lynn may have passed away a few years ago, but his spirit will always be in that equipment room. And uh, it's great to see Ian Gilliatt and Ethan um, stepping in, like Jake mentioned, and, uh, and and continuing the legacy that Lynn started and running the equipment room uh, in the way that Lynn started it. And uh, you know, they always they're always um, they're always welcoming. They're always trying to uh, 
continue to innovate, but also keep that culture going. And um, I think we're in great hands. We are in great, great hands. And if not, I'm going to go to Ian and, and basically fuss at him if, if, if he doesn't. But I'm totally kidding about that. No, Ian, Ian's good people. And uh, he's a local guy. He cares. He's a hard worker. Um, and so we're, uh, I, when, when you see the uniforms we have, and the type of uh, marketing we have with the with the paraphernalia that we in apparel that we we bring out with our student athletes, it's those guys that make it happen. So, keep up the good work, equipment room. We love you guys. Y'all are fantastic. Yes. And make a script Cajuns helmet happen for me and for then Nick. All will be good. <laughs> He'll trade you his his authentic authentic baseball jersey that, from the nineteen nineties. Hey, that you ain't getting that from <laughs> Reebok or Adidas or wherever. That's 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 a true Russell gear right there, son. By the way, everybody, score update. Troy looks like they uh, put the final nail in the coffin. Texas State has the ball, but Troy Trojans lead Texas State by the score of 31 to 13 with a minute six left to go in the game. Troy will win this game and they will be in sole possession of first place in the West. But guess what? Your Louisiana C Raging Cajuns right behind them in second place in the West. So, gotta love Cajuns. It. Cajuns still control their own destiny, baby. Huge win for the Trojans and. Now it's time for the Cajuns to uh, continue to keep their heads down and and continue to grind like we always do. Nick, any more callers? Anybody still in the space? We've been talking for almost two hours, man. No, um, I think our space is good, man, so we can wrap it up. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, before we go, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, as always. Not going to do the full read or anything, but uh, the three sponsors we have right now, um, Gordon McKernan, Law Offices, uh, Lafayette Roofing, as well as Patriot Steel Group. Want to thank them for sponsoring Rager Review. Uh, it's those groups and those companies that allow us to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we want to thank the fans, everybody who tuned in tonight. Thank you so much to everybody who traveled to Mobile. Thanks for bringing the culture over to Mobile, Alabama, to South Alabama and helping our Cajuns to victory. To all the players listening in, great game today. It was a lot of fun watching you take down the Jaguars and keep, keep us in this hunt, keep this season fresh and fun gotta keep staying focused man arkansas state next week big time rival doesn't matter the history they are a really good football team can't overlook them but that's gonna do it for tonight please don't forget like subscribe comment we are on youtube twitter facebook instagram twitch you can listen to us on apple itunes as well as spotify and uh i think nick will have this episode either on tomorrow which is sunday or monday so you can hear all of the feedback on our great victory in mobile alabama so that's going to do it cajuns victorious over the south alabama jaguars by the final score of 33 to 20. the cajuns are now in sole possession i'm sorry in second place behind troy which is in sole pos who is in sole possession of the sunbelt western division the cajuns overall record now sits at five and three two and two in conference and they will return to action next saturday as they head over to jonesboro arkansas to take on the arkansas state red wolves kickoff will be at two o'clock you can watch the game on espn plus in the meantime nick and i will be back this week to close out uh, our review of the south alabama victory and we will preview uh, the upcoming game against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. We will also talk about Cajuns volleyball. We will talk about Cajuns soccer. We will talk about Cajuns basketball as well as everything going on on Reinhardt Drive in, in the area. Thank you, everybody who tuned into the space. Thank you for listening. For Nick, I'm Jerry. 
What a great night to be a Cajun. It's always a great day to be a Cajun. But celebrate tonight. Cajuns get the big win in Mobile. Be very careful. Be safe. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Go Cajuns. And in the words of the late, great Big Dave Thibodeau, bye, we out of here. See you next week for more region review action.